0: What's going on, everyone, and welcome into this edition of B Shape Daily Live. As tonight we break down the worst Cardinals loss of the season, bar none, period, the end, as they fall to the Angels. Six to four. I think the score was six to four. It was kind of an afterthought. Uh, the Cardinals go into that ninth inning with a 4 3 lead. They played eight great innings of baseball in several different areas. They had done enough. They needed Giovanni Gallegos to get them three outs. Giovanni Gallegos did not get the Cardinals three outs tonight. And the Angels score three runs in the inning. Forget it in the bottom of the ninth. That Cardinals team wasn't doing a thing against the Angels' relief staff. And the Cardinals lose this game. They continue the losing streak. What does that make now? Is it five games in a row swept by the Dodgers, two against the Angels? Uh, they had won the series finale in San Francisco. I think that's that's right. That's five in a row. But it's bigger than that, right? They're 10-21. and 21. As of this recording, I think they have the worst record in the National League where they're tied with the Rockies. But the Rockies, if they were to beat the Brewers tonight, that game may have gone final. Uh, regardless, they're at the bo- they're at the bottom. The Cardinals are in the basement of the entire league. Uh, and there was an opportunity for an emotional win tonight. There was an opportunity for a tungsten arm O'Doyle, Akron groomsman type of night for the Angels as well. We can recognize that. Shohei Otani, 13 strikeouts tonight. Had two hits above 107 miles per hour exit velocity, but the Cardinals had this game in the bag. They had it in hand well, until they didn't. Absolutely a gut punch. Uh, it reminded me exactly of of a game I was at, oh, I don't know what, uh, seven months ago. Early October at Bush Stadium. I'm talking about game one of the wild card series. And in that ninth inning, Ryan Helsley did pitch. In the ninth inning tonight, he didn't. And I wasn't surprised to hear the reasoning for that from Ollie Marmel, which is that he had done his job basically at this point, but a lot of fans pointed out 10 pitches is all that Helsley had thrown, and we'll talk about that. I know there are going to be questions about that. I should probably get to that off the top, so I'll go ahead and address it now. Helsley comes in after Jordan Hicks. I think he walked a couple of guys there in in the seventh inning. It's early. The top of the seventh is an early spot to see Ryan Helsley, to see the Hells Bells, and the the lights and the pyrotechnics going uh, going on at Bush Stadium that's not when you're used to seeing it. He's typically the closer, right? But that was a key spot in the game, and so Ollie goes to the bullpen to to do what I think a modern manager is supposed to do. Like I know there is so much angst right now about Ollie Marmol, but you and and you heard in the press conference, which I wish, man, what I want to do is just live stream the press conference and go. All right, here's what I thought. What did you think of this? I'm not going to do that though because I don't have the technical capabilities to do it. But you heard him talk about. To uh, Ben Fred, I believe he said, like, hey, I'm happy to go through each and every decision in this game. I love it. I'd I'd be more than happy to do it. And he's right. He's done it before. I've been in the room when he's done it before. And it's usually the next day because it's hard to do on television. It's hard to do with the the cameras in your face. Uh, But in his office the next day, when there's a little bit of time to let something breathe, those conversations can be really important, really telling. And it it leads to some insight from uh, the manager that you don't often get which is why I say read the stories as well. It's good to watch the videos, but read what people write because a lot of times those those stories have information that you may not otherwise get. But my point in saying all of this is I think Ollie is the type of manager that is more than happy to defend his choice and his decision. And a lot of times in the press conferences post-game, after a loss like this, you're going to look at the manager and no matter what he says, I feel like fans are going to be pissed. I think people are going to be upset. And I saw a lot of comments to say he was really arrogant, arrogant sounding at the beginning. He kind of, you know, whatever you thought of his answers at the end uh, when he addressed the fan frustration. And that's really what I want to know in the comments. What did you think of those, that portion of his presser where Ben Fredrickson asked about the fan frustration and Ollie Marmel basically said, you know, you think they're more frustrated than us in this clubhouse. And I thought, that that was a moment that Ollie Marmel needed. And it wasn't, and you might say, well, why, gosh, why would he get defensive at Ben Fredrickson for asking the question? Like, that's that's kind of uncalled for. And why last night did he get a defensive at Daniel Guerrero for asking an important uh, question that has to be asked? Hey, Ollie, your team has lost the opener of a series 10 times in a row now to begin the season. Is that frustrating? And he just said, frustrating, and deadpan the camera. Like, last night he wasn't in the, in the ability to articulate mode he found his stride though tonight. I think with that question, and even if it was, if it's unfair of a manager, which I think this is one thing that I would say about the presser's post game, the managers would do better. And again, I'm never going to be in that chair, so I won't have to. I won't have to answer to this and actually see whether I'd be able to do it myself. But in my opinion, the managers of a, of a any sports team, baseball, football, doesn't matter when there's cameras on you and it's a it's a press conference situation would do well to recognize that they're not talking to the media member asking the question. They aren't. They're talking to you guys. They're talking to the fans. And there are times where I feel like it could be so easy to be defensive of a question because it's like, am I being challenged? And in many ways, I think that's an area where Ali Marmel actually thrives because, like I said, he is willing the next day or, or even in that moment uh, to have it, have it out and, and explain to you what the thought process was. And you may not come away agreeing with the thought process, but I, I think most of the time you do after those conversations come away acknowledging that there was one. And I hate to bag on a guy that's not here to defend himself, but I didn't feel that way with Mike Matheny. And people say, oh, this feels like Matheny. And I'm like, the, the performances do. The the losings piling up on each other, that all, that all feels familiar from 2016 to 2018. I'm not that old, but I started covering this team in 2016 and have covered them every year since. And... 2018 is when Mike Matheny got fired, and the, the lack of fundamental play and all the things going on at that time were so glaring, and it was like, this feels icky. This feels like when you're covering a team doing going through that, it feels like something's off, man. And sure enough, something was off, and they fired the manager uh, in the middle of that season. And so I hate to bring bring it up and make these comparisons because I don't think it's the same situation is the reason that I really get into it. Mike Bethany was that way in terms of defensive of every little thing and perceiving it as a slight and all of those things. And you might say, well, I think Ollie did those same things tonight. And maybe in some ways he did, um, but I thought he hit his stride toward the end. And again, you may see this differently because you're a fan and it feels as though he's poking a hole in your worldview when he says, do you think the fans care more than we do in the clubhouse? Sitting there and covering the team, and this may mean nothing to you, so take it with a grain of salt. But I do believe they care in the clubhouse about their lives and what they actually do day to day. I do believe they care more, or as much as, at a minimum, the fans that do invest their time and they invest their nights and they invest their summers and they invest their finances and they go and they and they support the team. And that there, you, you've got buy-in, and so those things absolutely do matter. But we got to take a step back if we think that the people who's like, I'm not gonna say livelihoods because I mean it is, but like they're making tons of money. They're making more money than I'll ever make. You'll ever make, like let's like we can recognize that. that's fine. But like it's still their, their human beings living their lives and they do this every night. We watch it on TV or we watch it you know, at the ballpark. They physically are the ones doing it. Come on now. If you didn't like that answer, I don't know what he could possibly say that you would be able to appreciate. Because, it, it to me, it is a reality that they, they care. They're pissed. They have passion. And, like, he didn't say Cardinals fans are terrible because they booed us tonight. I didn't hear that. You know, that would have maybe been a red flag because, you know, the losses piling up is boo-worthy. It's boo-worthy. I get it. I heard some nasty things from the crowd with the windows of the press box open that I don't think people would be too proud of. But at the same time, I get it because that's the passion of this Cardinals fan base. And so it rubs both ways. Uh, it's great when they're winning and they'll support you like hell. Uh, When they're not winning, and this is the the most stark example of not winning that we've seen of Cardinals baseball in some time, Uh, yeah, it's capable of going the other direction. But I just look at it and I go, I don't know, like, is it just the record? Is it just the fact that they're 10-21 and and so no matter what's said or the, the way you get there or the process to it is irrelevant because the record's what matters? And if that's true, then I can totally understand that because they're on a pace to be and terrible. I mean, that's the pace that they're on right now, and it's not early anymore. Don't let anybody tell you it's early because it isn't. It's it's not, There's no such thing as early when you're 11 games below 500 and you're close to a fifth of the way through the season. Like This is problematic at this point. I said on the radio a couple of days ago on the big show on KTGR in Columbia that it's DEFCON 1, which I have recently learned is the bad DEFCON. That's the one you don't want to be at. All right, Just so we're clear on the scale there. Five, not so bad. One, really bad. And I said two days ago it was one because I saw the potential in this Angels series for it to to, to go even further into the bad direction. And now it has done exactly that. But man, this has to feel differently, right? And you can't take moral victories away from a night like tonight. You, I swear to you guys, I thought I was like the big, the big man on campus, right? I'm going to come onto this YouTube stream and I'm going to go, Hashtag everyday Dylan. What did I tell you? Dylan Carlson. Let the let the guy have an opportunity and see what he does with it. I thought this was going to be Brendan Schaefer gloating about, you know, calling his shot on Dylan. Stick with him. See what he gives you. Nope. <laughs> We're not going to get to focus very much on that. But wasn't it great to see Carlson have that swing? But, like, the the results matter. The result is the only thing that matters. And I thought it was an interesting question, too, that Ben Fred had asked Ollie. And I will get to your comments. Make them happen. I'm going to try to scroll through them a little quicker tonight than I do sometimes because there are a lot of them, and I want to make sure to catch them. So uh, catch my eye with your comment. I want to try to get through as many of them as I can. But I thought the question by Ben Fred... Uh, and again, if you haven't heard it, I don't want you to, to leave my stream to do it. I'm going to try to describe everything for you that I can. But afterwards, it's worth your time to go to Bally Sports on Twitter because I know they put these out and listen to the eight-minute presser. And the question that Ben Fred asked of Ali Marmo was like, when you guys are playing at your best, the game builds toward your, your all's momentum. And like you've got the game in grasp. You go seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning. You guys are able to sort of squeeze the life out of the other team. The momentum is on your side. When the Cardinals are playing their brand of baseball, everything kind of flows and works. Right now, he asked, does it almost feel like the opposite, where you guys need to win so bad and you're pressing, and it's like as the game gets closer to the end, it's it's?" and he didn't use these words, but I'm thinking it matches like an, oh, no, how are we going to F this up at this point? Like Wanting it so badly that you press so much to, to not be able to do the job that you thought, for instance, tonight Giovanni Gallegos would be able to do. Uh, I thought it was a super relevant question and all said that's human nature man when they're going through the, through it the way they're going through it so I thought it was the press conference he needed to have i I got through the rest of the clubhouse waited out you know to the last player that I thought was going to be accessible and then and then I walked out of there to a uh, hundred replies on my tweet that, you know, maybe half of them agreed, but a number of them didn't agree. I 200 people liked the tweet, so I thought there was maybe at least some validity. Uh, you got to remember that the loudest voices aren't necessarily always the most popular ones, but there were enough of y'all out there that I could say, all right, step back, Brendan. You don't know everything. People didn't like it, but I'm curious what they didn't like about it. And so that's what I'm going to be looking for as I hunt through these comments for a, a little bit here. Uh, like the stream if you can do so. I appreciate how many we've got in here. If you're just joining for the first time, This is what we do this summer as long as the, I mean, if the Cardinals are like 14 and 71 with their record, I can't fathom y'all are still, I guess we'll be talking about trade deadline, who they're going to get rid of, but I would love for you to like the stream helps me a lot and subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's right there. You're on it. You're already here. Uh, Let's get that rolling because I am racing to a thousand subscribers. I'm not even going to be uh, anything but transparent with you guys about that, Uh, but I'm having a lot of fun doing this and maybe tonight could be another fun one. Let's dive into the comments. I I did say I was going to bring up the Helsley thing. Why, you know, I I think it boils down, and all he did answer it, it was, you know, the fact that you feel like he's done his job. It's the number of up-downs, right? He comes in in the 7th, goes and sits in the dugout, comes out in the 8th, goes and sits in the dugout does he come back out for the ninth? It's something that he's done more in his career than I thought he had just in the moment. I went back to 2022's game logs, and like he had a couple of games in that season where he was at least two in a third inning, and so I don't even have to go through to know he did at least pitch in three different innings within that game. And tonight, with the 10 pitches he had thrown in the nine strikes, you'd think it would maybe be an opportunity. Do y'all know what Geo's ERA, though, was before tonight? I mean, come on with that. If you have a tweet, if you have a timestamp it could show me, hey, I was bitching about it before before Giovanni Gallegos blew the game, then that's fine, man. I'll tap. I'll I'll pat you on the back and say you called your shot. But I got to be real with you. I wasn't seeing it. I wasn't seeing a lot of it. And I certainly, I, you know, I don't want to be the hindsight guy. I want to sit here and tell you, Gio's coming into the game. Did it Did it occur to me completely that Helsley was as economical as he was? No, but it, it just kind of felt like the flow of the game would be such that Gio would come into it. And Gio has been really good. Now he did allow a run in his last appearance, but he's been really, really good since coming off the injured list at the beginning of the season. Like he's been, he's been dynamite. So that was the guy you want in that situation. In in this like kismet, I've got his baseball card sitting right here, Gio's on the top of a stack on my desk. I I don't know what to say. I don't have answers. I listened to Matt Polly on KMOX, uh, the the open line show that they have uh, following the game. With a lot of callers that were angry, just like you guys are angry, and I, I, I texted Matt. I said, "Man, you and me see this really similarly right now. I don't know what the answer is or how I can get onto YouTube and articulate to people that like I y'all want ahead right now, and that's fine. But I don't know if firing Ali Marmel and like I don't know what it solves. And I don't think, and I think when I when I brought up Matheny earlier, the full circle point that I was trying to make." was that I heard things from Ollie Marmel tonight that when Matheny was about to lose his job in 2018, I just didn't fathom he would have been able to, to say those things. I have heard some similar things from Ollie. The dog whistle, that went off in my mind yesterday when I heard Ollie tell somebody... I forget who the, who the question asker was, but what Ollie said was uh, baseball's tough right now. And if you've followed me for long enough, you know that like the day before Matheny got fired, I wasn't at the game he got fired because I was at a wedding that weekend, but the night before... I asked him a question, and he said, baseball is hard. That was his response, and I thought, oh, jeez. Last night when I heard Ollie say that, I'm like, that ain't good. But tonight, I really did hear a guy that he explained it to you, and you may have felt belittled, and you may just be so angry that it doesn't matter what he said. But I, I felt like for all the people who have said, and I've been saying this too, Cardinals need to get into a brawl. They need to have a flashpoint moment. They need to fight somebody. They need to get mad. They need to show some fire. I thought he showed some fire tonight. And it may not have been directed in the, the the way y'all wanted, but I thought it was a step in the right direction. And I thought at the same time he was able to articulate just like the, the the level to which and the degree to which the things going on behind the scenes, the preparation, the work that's put in, sometimes it's hard to know that because all we watch are the games a lot of times. And that's another area where it's like, all right, Ollie, you don't have to put your ire toward the media asking the question because there was a question and he's talking about every. He's going down the list of all the players and the different work they're putting on. Newt Bar's doing this, and Goldschmidt was here four hours early, taking swings in the cage on the field uh, before the game. Y'all, you guys were watching that, right? He kind of threw in that you guys were watching that, and that's where I say, listen, I to me, it's a little bit too much directed at the. And again, the media are no martyrs. It doesn't matter. I'm nobody. It doesn't matter. But I, I heard that question. I heard that response, and I'm thinking, it's asked because. We know the fans want to know, and we're trying to either write for the fans or what you know, have people that read the content. That's the whole point. And so when he's saying, you know, you guys saw Goldsmith out there, I feel like it gets lost a little bit, and this is where I understand that disconnect and where the fans have that frustration. It gets lost a little bit that you don't see Paul Goldschmidt working out four or five hours before the game to to tweak one little aspect of his swing, the the reigning MVP doing that because of how much he freaking cares. Like, you don't get to see it because you don't have the access to do so. And so, like, I, I don't remember who tweeted it out this afternoon, but I did see it flash across my timeline, but I kind of scrolled past it, and it's kind of like we don't pay attention to that stuff. We want to look at the stuff and say we're angry about this, We're, and I totally understand it. So much of this is human nature, and it's very compelling. Uh, I've talked so long. I really am going right into the comments now, but I wanted to get in more into the Helsley stuff. I know the comment will come up, and so we'll probably talk more about it. This is the most people we've ever had at one time on the stream. Like the stream if you're new to this, and give me a subscription on YouTube if you would sub for me. Uh, I'll I'll give you a, a smiley face emoji. I don't really know. I can't. I don't think I can promise like like gifts or financial. I think that's like against the YouTube rules. But I would really appreciate a like and a sub if you guys enjoy the content. Okay, Connor. Here we go. Jamaica uh, was first, to be fair. Uh, but Connor says, so what now for the Cardinals? Where do you start digging out of this? I'll tell you the same thing Matt and Polly and I said to one another. I don't have the answer, man. I don't have a perfect answer. Like, tonight, they played eight really good innings of baseball. Do we not agree with that? Do we not agree that they played pretty well tonight? You look at Miles Michaelis, doesn't quite get a quality start, but Ali, sensing that maybe things could go off the rails there, you know, third time through the lineup, what does he do? Puts Jordan Hicks into the game. Jordan Hicks walks a guy. We've seen that as a problem. So now your, your, your kind of antennas go up to say, uh-oh, is, is the, the rough version of Jordan Hicks, the unrefined version of Jordan Hicks, back? Well, maybe it was a little bit because he walked more guys the next inning. But he was able to get the strikeout to get out of that that jam in the sixth inning. When Hicks kind of loads up the bases with a couple of fellas there for Ryan Helsley, what does Helsley do? He gets out of it, throws a, a clean eighth. So pitching-wise, everything is kosher. Everything is wonderful until the go ninth, which was an unmitigated disaster. And, like, you know, he's he's trying to pitch well. He pitched poorly. And that's unfortunate. He said they were kind of sitting on the sliders. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they had a good game plan for Giovanni Gagos, clearly, because they hit the ball hard, they hit the ball long. But let's talk about the offense. Uh, what do we think about what they did against Otani? Because, again, this was a question that Benjamin Hockman asked Ali Marmel, and Ali did seem to take exception to it, where he said, you know, 17 strikeouts. Cardinals struck out 17 times. That's not great. 13 from Otani tied the, the season lead uh, for a single game in MLB was was Otani with 13 tonight and he was nasty, but what were the issues that you saw from the offense was kind of what Ollie said and he said five hits, four runs, you know you take that. Hockman said you'd you take that and he said, I think any team in the league would take that. And against Otani, I agree, but for what have, what about the other innings like to not be able to add on? Did, it, did ultimately prove costly to the Cardinals tonight because you get a little bit of insurance, you maybe take the Angels out of it in the late innings the same way the Cardinals were taken out of the game from the go yesterday by Steven Matz with four in the first. So there's some, some human element you want to kick them while they're down, and the Cardinals didn't. I mean, it felt like one they were going to have to ride to the rail and get perfect pitching performances from everybody that came out of that bullpen. And they didn't. They didn't get it from Gio tonight, unfortunately. And so that's why they lose. But offensively, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with the fact that it was a plus outing against Otani. To not be able to add on is a shame. And it costs them it, it helps to cost them the game in the same way that Giovanni Gegos uh helped to cost them the game by not pitching well. But I think it's interesting to look at the differences, and I asked Dolly about this. And you guys probably heard it and thought, Brendan's asking a softball question. But I thought it was really interesting because when I asked him about D.C., which I was obviously going to have to do because I've been uh, supporting him pretty vocally uh, and kind of wanting to know what Ollie thought about him from the left side, he said, I thought it was a lot better, not just the home run, but just the intent behind the swing, which kind of, I, I heard that and I said, tell me more about the intent, Ollie, top to bottom. Did you feel like that was the case for your team tonight? Because you guys, if you watched the stream last night, what did I say? I'm seeing half swings. I'm seeing guys that don't know pitch recognition. They don't know if it's going to be a strike that they need to unload on. And that's why they weren't able to do damage at all yesterday. It was a, it was an embarrassment. But then today, what did we see? Well, we saw 17 strikeouts. But I almost, and this is going to sound ridiculous, I almost think you don't mind that because you were able to trade it off for some damage. You get two home runs, Nolan Gorman right off the top, Dylan Carlson later on with the big swing that follows up. Uh, the, the job by Arnato to land one. He finally gets one to fall in, and hopefully for his sake, that's something that can propel him forward. But it, it lands right there on the left field chalk for a ground rule double. Wilson trades places with him, drives him in, uh, emphatically excited at second base, slapping his hands screaming, like, you're telling me this team doesn't want to win? They don't care? It doesn't matter to them that they're they're 10-21? and 21? Like, look at them in the moments where it's going well, when they think we're about to finally bust through and have something go our way, like the leaders of this team. You saw it tonight, if you were looking for it, and if you weren't looking for it, then I don't know what to tell you. But it was there, if you're if you if you know where to look. So, offensively, I think you saw a step forward tonight. And this is not me giving moral victories because there isn't one. They have to win games, and they have to do it immediately, or the season is is going to be a lost cause. But when you look at and compare what they did yesterday against not Shohei Otani. in a, a matchup that they should have thrived in because they crushed lefties as the lineup top to bottom, especially when they, they platoon it that way and and put the guys in there that were in there. Uh, They should have done a lot more yesterday, but I saw a lineup that just wasn't committed to the swings they were taking. And when Ollie Marmel said the word intent, I thought, bang, that's it. That's what was different tonight. And he agreed with the question and said, he did see more intent one through nine. Yes. There were 17 strikeouts, but the guys were swinging with purpose. And when they were when they were chasing a pitch, not to say they're chasing out of the zone. They probably did some of that. But when they're going after their pitch, they're swinging like they mean it and like they're trying to do damage with it. And that worked to the tune of four runs. Four runs is not over the course of nine innings something to, I think, go crazy about and throw, throw a parade. But against Otani, the fact that it came against him uh, within those first five innings, I think that is somewhat notable. Uh, that's... That is what the Cardinals needed to do to have a chance to win tonight. They did it. They traded off the damage for the the strikeouts. And unfortunately the bullpen didn't hold and they didn't add on against the relief pitchers. There's no rule that says they can't add on against the relievers. And so that's why I thought maybe Ollie was a little bit, you know, up in arms about a question that um it's fair to ask, you know, four runs over nine innings is different than four over five. So where does that disconnect come in for the offense? And uh, the bottom line, though, is they played a pretty good game. It felt like a playoff kind of game because I think the the circumstances for the Cardinals right now are such that they need a win so bad, and they weren't able to get it. Um, and that's damaging. And I I was walking into that clubhouse, walking down the stairs because uh, a lot of lot of uh, Japanese media here to obviously see Otani, and so the, the elevator was a little crowded. I, I decided to walk with the fans down the stairs. Uh, if you're in that if you're in that 400 or 300 section kind of uh, behind home plate, you know. uh, I I guess that would be like first base-ish side. Nah, it's kind of like directly behind home plate, walking down after the game. You might see me say, wave, say, hey, what's going on? Uh, So that's what I did. But as I was walking down there, I thought, I don't know how they come out of this. I don't know how you pull yourselves up by the bootstraps after a game like that in a season like this when you're 10 and 21. I don't think it's possible, I said. I said that out loud. Now, that being said, I thought that, if he went through tonight and had the same presser, the same, in it began that way, it really did, where we're staying the course, we're doing, like, that's lame to hear. Nobody wants to hear it. But at the same time, it's what they believe. So, you know, I wouldn't want him to be disingenuous. You do want him to flip over a table at some point. I thought by the end of the eight minutes tonight at the press conference, he flipped over a table, proverbially. And I thought that's what they needed to do. And so does that matter? I don't know. team wasn't sitting there watching it. But I'll tell you, if like that's the mentality of the team, you know they've got the guys on this team to be able to like ride a high. They've got some emotional guys, some competitive guys that want to win. Um, they just need to get in somebody's craw, you know, like they did to Madison Bumgarner, because that worked to their advantage that day. And they've got to find a way to do it again and parlay it into more wins. And it may be a thing where the talent level is just not enough to make it happen. I don't know. It's a lot of the same guys, though, that were on a team last year that was very talented and did win a lot of games. Yes, you're missing Albert. Yes, you're missing Yadi. but can we be honest? Yadi wasn't a factor last year in the way that I think everybody mentally wants to pretend that he was because he wasn't really with the team for a good portion of the season, and when he was, he was definitely a veteran leading presence and, and, and managing the pitchers uh, second to none, but offensively, he was a drag on the lineup. The entire catcher position was. It's why they got Contreras. So, like, how different really is it from last year? That is such a fun question to debate and we'll do more of it. But uh, that's kind of my thought process on that. I just, you know, I don't know for sure that you could just chalk it up to any one thing. This roster is not that different from last year. And so that's what makes this, what I would say is unprecedented since 2016, when I started covering the team, because even in 2018, when they, they fired a manager, the, the play was so bad. You could at least, you weren't surprised by it. Like, the, it was just a different vibe where you go, yeah, this kind of feels like what it is. Every day I go to the ballpark and I'm surprised because I feel like, oh, they shouldn't be this bad. Uh, and and I do believe in the people behind the scenes that are trying to fix it from being bad, but man, tonight they lost and that don't don't hear all of this as excuse making because it's not what I wanted to be. it's it's really bad that they lost this game. like it could be something they they cannot emotionally recover from. They're going to say all the right things. But, like, if this season ultimately does, it's kind of already off the rails. But if it stays off the rails, you look at tonight, I think, and go, yep, what might have been if they could have had an emotional win, if they could have turned the Angels once again into the tungsten arm team where, you know, Otani ties Babe Ruth, like, the whole thing. It was, it was ready-made there to be that sort of storyline. And instead, we're talking about another Cardinals loss. Jamaica wants to boycott the games, coordinate a boycott. Like that's what's so weird to me. Like they're try they're trying to win games. Uh you want Moselock fired though, probably. Or you want Ali Marmol fired? You want you want heads. It doesn't matter whose head. I just bring me a head on a platter. And if that's how you feel, that's how you feel, but I don't know, man. Uh we got a lot of people still in here. Give me a like on the stream. We can get this sucker to 60 likes for sure, right? If you haven't liked it yet, be the next one to do it. Um, this is going to be a long comment section, so we're going to get to it. I know that I keep saying that and then not doing it, but the reality is there's a lot to say about this game. Uh, Allison is here. Positive note from Brent. We get to watch Walker and Gorman duo mash back-to-back in the lineup for the next decade. Yeah, man, I like to see Gorman doing what he's doing. Um, Will they ever let him bat against lefties? I don't know, but I like to see him doing what he's doing. Uh, I think he's got staying power. I don't know if he's ultimately like a legit number three hitter for a World Series team, um, but he's like if he's if he's batting fifth for you or sixth, then I think you're really cooking with gas. but that's maybe a, minimizing Gorman in a way that I shouldn't do because he's doing he's doing his job right now at basically the best numbers offensively on the team. Uh, I'd have to double check that between him and Goldschmidt, but he's he is off to a tremendous start. And remember, my bold prediction when I did the tweet before the season, Nolan Gorman, all-star season. I said it. I'm hoping he can make it happen because really what this is all about is me looking smart. It's not about any – none of the other stuff matters. I just want to – no, I'm just playing. Uh, Brendan, spelled correctly, says, good evening, Brendan. Thank you for doing the live stream, just therapy. Uh, Yeah, let's do some therapy tonight, Brendan. Uh, Walker will be a platoon bat until he gets moved to the Tigers for a bag of potato chips. Um, What flavor would be my question? So about Saturday is Wainwright's start worth the three hour drive. I almost pulled the trigger on some decent tickets in the eighth, but after the top of the ninth, I decided not to, I don't know. You, you got to trust Adam Wainwright's been doing this a long time. Allison, um, you know, he's been tweeting people recently. He sees the criticism too. the dude's going to be out. The dude's going to be out here really trying to make it happen on Saturday. Uh, and I feel like just terrible that I won't be there because I'm going out of town. Uh, friend's birthday has been planned for a long, long time and so I'll miss the first Wayno start of the season. But I'll be paying attention, uh, and over the weekend, uh, stay tuned for kind of what I'm able to do. I could do some live videos from my phone. I'll have my laptop with me, but I won't have the microphone and stuff. So we'll kind of see the way it goes there, but stay tuned. Uh, Joey just says, what a fun night, eh? Uh, Yep. Robbie, I thought Ali managed the game perfectly today. He did. Uh, Just didn't get the results at the end. Unfortunately, it's one of those years so far. Yeah, like find a moment in the game other than the Gallegos thing because – and the people that are saying that are going to say it regardless because that was the result. And all he said, yeah, it's easy to say after you know what happened. And yeah, I can see that dripping with a bit of sarcasm and, and, and ire toward the fans uh, that you probably don't appreciate, but I thought he was right. It is easy to second-guess it and say it after the fact, guys. And there are times when the whole world is shouting one thing. There are times when it's like, don't do it, don't do it, this is the wrong move. See, it was. But then there are other times where in tonight I feel like was one of the other times where it's like, what's G-O-Z-R-A? Yeah, he's he's probably the guy for this spot. Um in retrospect, could Helsley have done it? Yes. But keep this in mind too about Helsley. He would have batted he would have pitched against Lamb, was the, the pinch hit spot, the the nine hole batter. And then you turn things over to the top. You have Mike Trout, you're gonna face Trout in that inning, and if anybody gets on Otani, we'll bat. And so, let's imagine a world where he gets the nine-hole batter and gets the one-hole batter, um, but now it's Trout who works a, a an eight-pitch walk. And now, Helsley has thrown in three different innings, and he has thrown 30 pitches, and you've got him weakened to face Otani. Uh-oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy. It is so easy to say that Helsley would have just gotten the job done. He would have had to have faced that part of the lineup. And there's no guarantee that it would have been two outs, nobody on when Trout came to the bat. It's not a thing he does a ton, but he's done it before that he goes up, down, up, down, and then gets back into a game for a third inning. Talking about Ryan Helsley. He's done it a couple of times last year, um, but at the same time, they had a plan in place. This feels a lot, I mean, it really does, other than the fact that Helsley was the one on the mound when they blew it in October, game one against the Phillies, it feels the same because I felt like Ollie pushed all the right buttons tonight. But it doesn't matter because the reason it doesn't matter right now is because they're 11 games below 500. In October, it didn't matter because every game counts in October and you have to win, and they ended up losing the series 2-0. And that's why it didn't matter then because there's no moral victories. And, and the same thing tonight, there aren't any. There can't be because they're 10-21. and 21. You don't magically come back from that, and that's what's tricky about this whole thing. Uh, yeah, Laborer says 17 strikeouts. Totally get that, and it was pathetic to watch but it's also kind of cool to watch because Shohei was doing his thing uh for 13 of those but like I said I would take that if I'm a Cardinals fan like do you want the damaging swings you got to have them to win games I would say that trade off is almost it's worthwhile in some respects now you can't strike out 17 times every game um but they were taking their hacks and enough of them landed they landed enough body blows against Shohei that they could have won this game had they just gotten the clean Ninth inning from Gio, and they didn't. So that's the trade-off. Would you take? Would you rather an offensive performance like yesterday, where they—I don't know how many times they struck out, but it wasn't 17, or would you rather tonight, where they do strike out more, but it's because they're not—they're not. I almost said words I shouldn't say. They're not just kind of like, well, they're not dicking around. They're just kind—you know—they're—they're they're taking their shot when they think they've got a shot. Other than that, like last night, it was just half swings by Arnato half swings by Carlson not sure oh is that a slider is that in the zone should I swing should I not it's hard to watch because even if they connect you have to land three blue pits in a row to score a run that team last night wasn't doing damage and they weren't going to tonight you at least felt like all right they're taking their they're taking their hacks to me that's a trade-off that you take but again don't hear what I'm not saying I'm not saying that because of that y'all should be happy about tonight hell no it was terrible. Uh, let's get to 65 likes I know y'all can do it. Uh, the 90 of you that are in here, please subscribe, uh, not to be like uh begging, but I'm kind of begging subscribe for me. If you like the content, if you don't, then that's fine. You don't have to subscribe. Uh, is there a new worst loss every week? Trevor, I don't think they're going to be, they're going to be a, a worse loss than this one. It's hard to have it because you're not going to be on a two and eight road trip followed by a loss followed by this. That's never, that's not going to be repeated. I don't think, uh, That's me knocking on a wooden desk right now, but I I don't think that's going to be what happens. Uh, Marmal turning into uh, Lee Elliott questioning the fans. Uh, (laughs) I know the reference. I don't think that is what he's doing. Like you got to recognize the reporter asks a question. He answers the question. Sometimes the reporter asks a question. He asks you a question like he did to me last night, and then he answers the question. But last night, that provided one of the best answers of the night, and tonight it happened with Ben Fred. He got uh, a wonderful answer, I thought. Whether it was what you wanted to hear or not, I thought it was the passion that was required. It was Ollie showing some some zest, showing some feistiness and some fight. Um, they got to channel it to wins, though. Like I've been talking for a week and a half about how the pressers don't actually matter. Um, we like to talk about them because it's something, but they don't matter as much as what happens on the field. And they've got to muster a win. They have to conjure a win, like it's a like it's a Blair Witch Project. You know, crazy horror movie, conjure one. Do anything you can, uh, you know, sacrifice a chicken. It doesn't matter what they do. They've got to win a game, and they've got to do it really, really soon um, because you can't go winless in the next week without going, well, I'm John Mozelak. I'm supposed to change something about this team. Like, the manager, I don't think, is the problem, but, like, it becomes the problem if you don't win ever, right? There has to come a point. Okay. Uh, Caleb, this is unbelievably bad. Honestly, I'm impressed with their ability to lose in this many Different ways. Yep. They, at least they make it interesting, right? That's nice. Uh, Ryan says, I haven't heard boos like that, uh, that loud in a long time. Me either. Me either. There was a few scattered boos last night, but that was a game that they played bad. They didn't didn't have any life offensively. Matt's had him out of it from the very beginning of the game, which it sounds like uh, Libertor will be pitching again tomorrow. So who knows what they'll do with mats They may skip a start for him. They may not. They should. Um, to me, they should just move him to the bullpen. But they, they I think they're looking at his curveball. That was something that came up with Ollie before the game today. And, and full disclosure, I wasn't there; I was on the radio. But from the tweets I read, uh, Ollie basically described a reluctance for Mats to throw his curveball, and they've seen something mechanically that they think can can give him more confidence in that pitch. And so it may be that they spend you know a, a handful of days working on that and then reintroduce him to the rotation thereafter. I don't know if I buy that as the thing they should do, but hey, labor says three and nineteen when they score five or uh, fewer runs, which is uh, yeah, not that surprising, <laughs> not that surprising. They shouldn't have twenty two games where they score three or uh, five or fewer. That's kind of what I think. Um, but yeah, uh, Trevor says those weren't newts, they were booze for anyone uh, that's asking. And yes, they were booze. I was. There and heard them and they I heard some other words and things said. Uh, people were pissed, man. That's why it kind of felt ugly in that ninth inning. It felt like October again because you just go, oh no, this isn't what anybody wants to see, and they're letting them have it. It wasn't good, man. It wasn't good. Jay Tiger, you guys think the season's over? You don't want me to answer that question right now. You do not want me to answer that question. Uh ask it enough times and I might I might answer it. Uh, Ryan says, probably since the game where they got blown out by the Reds and Matheny got fired afterwards. Um, yes, but I, if I recall correctly, they got blown out by the Reds and that was maybe the game that I was at. And then the next night, I don't, th- I don't even think they got blown out. They almost won a game maybe, but the decision had been made to fire him uh, whether they had won or lost that game is what I recall. Uh, Burleson being replaced soon. This is a Connor question. Uh, I don't think so but there could be any changes like they they got to continue to, tr- to churn the roster and make moves. Um, top of mind. I'd have to go back and look. I don't actually have the, the, uh, the box score pulled up like I usually do. So that's on me. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know that it's easy to look at any one spot in the lineup and say, this is why they didn't do this or that. Like, again, we wouldn't be talking about Alec Perlison or anybody else. If Giovanni Gay goes, does, does what he's capable, does what he had done for the majority of the season so far. That's what's so frustrating, I think, about it is they played well. Last night, the boos were scattered because people were mad because the season has gone really, really poorly. But you lose 5-1, to one, you show literally no fight. That wasn't a surprise. By the time you get to the ninth, you knew what was happening in that game. You knew what the result was going to be. Tonight, you didn't. And so you saw you saw that frustration come out. And and it was is warranted at this point, right? Like there's not if if Cardinals fans didn't care, they wouldn't boo. They would go, oh well, I guess it's I guess it's done. We didn't win today, so I don't think the fans are to blame. I don't think Ollie's really blaming the fans, but I get it that it sounds bad. But I'm hearing the passion come through, and I'm hearing the the fight come through. And he's getting pissed off. He's getting angry. I think that's what he needed. Um. But I understand if people don't view it that way. Uh, and, and keep commenting what you thought of it because I am going to read those. Uh, Burleson 0-3 tonight. Newt Barr, looked would look bad. 0-4-3 Ks. Goldie 0-3-3 Ks. Um, hit by a pitch as well. Gorman or Arnauto Contreras 3-4-5. All two hits. Uh, Carlson the big swing. Donovan and Edmund struggle. I mean, 17 Ks. Nobody's going to, you know, it's it is, that's going to be what it is. There's no sugarcoating that. Um, so it's like, I look at Burleson and go, was he really the problem tonight? I don't know. Probably not like a lot of guys struggled, but could he be somebody that only kind of takes late game at bats against righties and, and you let Dylan play center every day, you let Nupar play in the outfield, probably right field every day. And Tyler for the most part in left. Yeah, I could see more of that. Um, but Tyler hasn't really done anything to take the job from Burleson, right? I think it's going to get to where, and I said, everyday Dylan hashtag everyday Dylan, uh, it's going to get to where Dylan plays every day. Uh, like gets the start against a righty tonight. One of the toughest righties that, that exists and he homers against that guy. So Dylan's going to get some run. Thank God. It's, it should be the way that it is. I've been saying it for weeks and here we are. Uh, new going to play. And then it's kind of Burleson or O'Neill. Who's going to win out in terms of regular playing time, because I got news for you. The answer might be neither in a month when Jordan Walker comes back and he should come back and it probably shouldn't take a month if they keep losing. Uh, the curse of Jordan Walker going to Memphis. That was a great decision. And I get it. I get what they had to do and why they had to do it. Um, Well, they felt they had to do it. I wouldn't have done it, but I understand what their thought process was, even if, even if I didn't agree with it. I just don't think that should mean he's banished there forever. And what sucks is he's hitting 180-something in Memphis. Like, the day he has a great game in Memphis, people are going to be calling for him to be back. I think that's right. Uh, I hope it happens sooner for him rather than later, because if he's hitting 150, the Cardinals should go, see, he's not ready. But they thought he was ready at the beginning of the season, and now he's not. That's what I never will understand. Uh, Caleb is excited about playoff hockey. I don't have it on. I did put the uh, Oilers in my bracket, though, so I have no idea who won. Joey said the Marble comments about the team being more frustrated was a good answer. They should be more pissed than us. I That's the way I see it too, Joey. Uh, but not everybody felt that way. Uh, he can't do anything about this. Not by himself. The players are the ones that have got to win a game. He put them in great position. Like, again, find the move other than Geo, which I don't think was the wrong decision. I think you could probably flip a coin, but I can tell you no matter how they lose that game, people are going to be upset. If you start Helsley in the ninth inning and he gets a pitch count too high and then you bring in Gio, it's you can't bring in Gallegos in the middle of an inning with inherited runners. Everybody knows that. Like, that's a no-win situation. He went with a clean inning for Gallegos, who has been really good this year. Uh, tonight he wasn't, and that's they lost the game. But other than that, what did he do that you didn't like? I thought he pulled every right string, punched all the right buttons, put out a lineup that was able to do a little damage against the best pitcher in baseball, and they still lost. That stings, and there's no easy way to answer how you fix that. Jacob says, All comment about there not being one player on the roster that he could ask more of blew my mind. There's easily 26 I could ask to do more. Jacob, that blows my mind. There's easily all 26 of them that you could ask to do more. I don't think that's just, I mean, I don't agree. I just flat out don't agree. And There's going to be times where guys walk, you know, Jordan Hicks walks two guys tonight and didn't, you know, quote unquote do his job, but but was able to get out of the jam that he was uh, inheriting with Michaelis. Helsley picks him up like, you guys act like it's so easy to just be perfect and great every night. Like that's—I don't think that's reality. You gotta tell me that Jordan Montgomery needs to give more. That dude's pitching his ass off right now. Paul Goldschmidt's coming into today was hitting like 379. What's up, Cat? Is hitting like 379 over the past week, week and a half? I heard on the radio on the way in. Um, yeah, like you want more production from the team because they're not winning games. I. Think it's ridiculous to say that you need more work ethic from the team, because you don't know. That's what Ollie's trying to articulate in those moments, and the way it comes across might be a little terse, and you don't like to hear it. But when he says, "I can't look this guy in the eye and say I need more from you," he's not saying, "Hey, you went 0 for 4, I need 2 for 4, you scrub." That's not what that means, guys. What it means is I can't look that guy in the eye and say, "Hey, I need you." To stop dogging it, I need you to put in the damn effort. That's not the conversation he's having with his players. That's what he's saying. If you can't make the distinction between that, you need to try. Like operate at a higher level of fandom is what I what I, I want to challenge each and every one of you to do. And a lot of you get it, and some of you some of you, I think, get it at times, but when things go bad, it can be hard to get it. And I'm I've been where you are. I've been that fan. I grew up a Cardinals fan. My perspective is a little different now, but I know exactly where y'all are coming from. Because I've, I've lived it. But I also, and again, this doesn't make me better than anybody else, but I I just get to see different perspectives of it now that I, I didn't before. And so I'm trying to say, hey, here's what goes on. Here's what here's how maybe you could view it differently. And if you don't, if, if you just need to be mad about it, that's all right too. But I at least want to be able to kind of diagnose and dissect some things that I don't think are, are super fair. Easily 26 players that, that you think could do more. I can't personally agree with that comment, but I I do respect, Jacob, your right to make the comment. Uh, Brent says, I love the Cardinals. I love Cardinals baseball, but if they don't show signs of life by the end of the homestand, I might check out. If it's better for your mental health to do so, I don't blame you. I get that. But you'll be back if they can make a run. Rob says, and what's up, Rob? Ollie feels like he's in over his head managing the talent, uh, the talent that he has. Good dude, but might be a bottom five manager in the league right now. I don't see it that way. He's it's hard to call him a top five manager like I was doing last year, but I, I don't see like I, I have a hard time articulating what are his specific deficiencies as a manager like that. I think would be a really interesting conversation and we should just do that podcast, Rob. I keep saying we should and we haven't done it yet, um, but that might be interesting because uh, like there are there are moves that I think you could look back over the last week and say, all right, doesn't pinch it for Carlson when it's clear that they need a lefty damaging swing, like a Gorman in a spot against the Dodgers and doesn't do it. Like, is that where he's in over his head? Because there have been times where he is like so hyper on top of those things that when it doesn't happen in the Dodgers series and he doesn't make the move that he's consistently made throughout his his time as the manager, I look at it and I go, I think this is intentional. I don't think he's like, forgot to make a switch like a you know like a lesser manager i think he's intentionally choosing to do something different because he wants to try and light a fuse and it didn't pay off and you can question that decision for sure but i feel like i don't know how i can articulate the deficiencies that he has as a manager because he understands the analytics which is a lot of things a thing that a lot of managers at times don't i think he plays to them well is there maybe a criticism at least right now it's hard to argue with the way they're playing that the team and this is not just Ollie but the coaching staff in general hasn't done enough to articulate the game plan of here's how we want to use you I know we don't use the same lineup every day but here's the game plan for you like it's been described in in private meetings that th- that this is what the Cardinals do and Ollie does those things effectively but I guess it, they can say they're doing them but if if the results don't show it's fair to question everything so I get that but i'm 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 curious man I don't know. Specifically what I would say, you know, Ollie's weakness as a manager is X, Y, and Z. I'd have a hard time filling out that list, but fans clearly don't. So give me your list. I want to know. Uh, Mike says, glad the fans booed him off the field. They need a wake-up call. Yeah, they do. I get it. It's it's their right to boo for sure. Jacob isn't saying this is the worst loss, just recency bias. The Giants lost last Tuesday with an error by the Gold Glove second baseman, then a two-strike homer by an awful hitter in the ninth. Yeah, the the Blake Sable home run, that one sucked. But, like, because of the way this one could have been a turning point, it really is the Otani and the Trout factor for me. Um, you go 2-8, and eight, and then you lose another series opener that's 10 in a row, and then everybody coming into this game tonight said the same thing. Cardinals had no chance. Otani, forget it. Forget it. And I kind of looked at it, and I thought they'd lose. But I looked at it like Michaelis has kept them in games lately. I don't know how they score runs or where the the runs come from. I was surprised to see the the homers off of Otani. I really was. But, like, to me, it shows me they did have an approach coming into this game that they were able to execute, which I thought, I thought that was good. I thought that was relevant. But at the same time, Jacob, I get it. There have been other bad losses. But because of the way this one could have been a turning point against a team like that, against a pitcher like that, and to play for a, as as crisply as they did for a full game. Like, Tommy was playing. He was balling tonight at shortstop, I thought. Made some nice plays. Um, that's what, to me, makes it the worst. And it was at home, right? Like, the other one was on the road, and so you don't have to get booed off the field by your home fans. There There is something to be said for that. So, no, I don't think it's recency bias. I think this really was, was freaking bad for the Cardinals. I think it was bad and has a chance to remain... Like if they if they lose ninety games, I'll look back on tonight and say this was the night where I where it, it became clear that maybe they weren't gonna turn it around. Um but I thought I thought at least Ollie didn't roll over and die in the postgame, which the pressers don't matter. I keep saying that because I don't want to put too much weight onto them. But he didn't roll over and die in the postgame, which I think is is valuable. Uh Connor asked if I believe the comments made by Swindle today. Uh Frank Schwindle, former Cubs outfielder. I think you're talking about the uh the the Peoria pitcher who basically said he was told by a scouting director or a farm director didn't use anybody's name, so I'm not just going to assume that's Gary Larocque like everybody assumed. Um, but but a but a higher up executive in the organization came down and told him, hey, we're the Cardinals, we don't want you striking people out. Throw the ball over the middle of the plate, use your defense behind you. That's how you can have efficient, quick innings. And then the coaching staff at Peoria kind of told him, eh, don't listen to that. You need to you should want to strike people out. That could be its own podcast. I don't have the connections. I saw, you know, a guy like Derek Gould, who does a great job for the Post-Dispatch, says, here, you know, here are stories I've written about this exact topic almost. Um, so I feel like wasting a lot of time on that when I've got a lot of comments to get to might not be the best situation um, just because I don't have the insight to be able to speak with authority on the topic. Do I believe, though, that they're... Uh, that that they're in ways behind the curve or have been behind the curve in the Cardinals in terms of uh, philosophy behind pitching and development. Yes. And that's been kind of like Derek had said to people on Twitter today, documented and reported on and, and acknowledged by the team. And in many ways it was acknowledged by the team this spring when they talked a lot about like from day one in spring, I was in Jupiter and always talking about needing more swing and miss. It's not something that they've been uh, a strength of the Cardinals pitching staff. And they recognized that they were going to need more of it because guess what? The shift is gone. We can't do it the way we used to. And so that advantage that the Cardinals held to be able to shift and play people perfectly and use gold glovers at every position on the infield, it that's mitigated somewhat by the fact that they can't do what they had been doing. Uh, and so because of that, the Cardinals need to get out in front of it and change their pitching staff in some ways. Uh, they've, they tried to do that, but it might have been too little too late because we're seeing the results not really – Bear out to great success so far this year, uh, but time will tell on that. Let's get the likes up to 70. Y'all can do it. And hey, please, one more time and not one more, I'll ask a bunch. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you can, if you're willing, if you if, if it's free, just so everybody's aware of that. Uh, Patreon, that's a different story, but uh, it's free over here, so would love to have you on board. Michael says, I like that Ollie showed some fire tonight. Definitely the worst loss of the year. Super disheartening to be so lock, uh, locked in on this horrible team. Yeah, like there's no question that Cardinals fans are passionate and like. I said it's their lives that they're living, in, it. but like, let's be real. I know that it's your guys' lives as well because Cardinals baseball, for a lot of people, that's the soundtrack of the summer, man. That's what's important to you guys, uh, and, and you live and die with it every night. And I totally get that, and I respect it too because, I, like I said, I came from that. Um, that was me as a kid. I honestly just don't want to be last in the NL. <laughs> that's a great comment by Tim. Uh, yeah, nobody does, man. Nobody sets out to be last in the NL. The A's, they set out to be last in the AL, and the Royals are trying to screw that up for them. Uh, But nobody sets out to do that at the beginning. That's for sure. Uh, Never felt like a season was over this early in a season, says Connor. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame you. Like, I still don't think it's over, but if you think it's over at this point, I'm not going to try to argue with you. Uh, Jacob F., Taylor Modder has still not played since they re-signed him. He hasn't. Where would you have put Taylor Motter into this game? Nobody would have an answer for that because they, they used all the right guys they should have used. Um, but, yep, he's just been chilling. He's ch- taking that check, man. He's living the dream for sure. Uh, it is so perplexing, though, Jacob, when Luke and Baker hitting 320, 11 dingers, 23 ribs at Memphis. Can you please make it make sense to me? No. And that's not an anti-Taylor Motter take. I feel like a big ass for answering these questions um, because I, I – Kind of cringe when I see the questions, but at the same time, you're right. You're right. Why can Juan Yepes not be on this bench? You clearly don't need the defensive flexibility of Modder if he's not played since you brought him back. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Rockies went final at 11 and 20. Cards are now the worst at 10 and 21. Oakland 6 and 24. Uh, Leads Seattle by two uh, or two nothing. So, hey, Cardinals, you're closing in on the Oakland A's. That's the way you can look at this. That top draft pick, baby. Um, No, but yeah, it, it's good that the Rockies won because the Brewers, to me, are still the biggest threat in the Central. Sorry, Pirates. Um, I'm not doubting you. I think the Pirates could be a playoff team the longer they do this. But to win the Central, um, the Cardinals would just need the Pirates to come back to the pack a little bit. They would need the Milwaukee Brewers to not hit, which I think is very possible because I don't think their lineup is as deep as it could be. Um, Or a, not to say you ever want anybody to get injured, but some pitching injuries for the Brewers could really hurt that team and you might see a, a, a race to 86 in the Central, and the Cardinals could win that race, uh, but they are not winning a race to 95. like that, I think that those days are over where you thought they could be that kind of team this year. I just don't see it mathematically being possible at this point with the losses that are piling up. Adrenalinized, adrenalized, I can't read. Uh, just think, just when you think they have a chance to do something positive, something ruins it. Yep, that's how it felt tonight. Not great, says Laborer. Uh, when will Libertor get the call? Might as well start seeing what's out there on the farm. I don't know. He's starting tomorrow with Memphis is the, is the word. So that's uh, a surprise to me. I thought he would have already. And again, when he gives up four runs tomorrow, everyone's going to say, see, he shouldn't have gotten the call. They made the right point or the the right decision. I think he should be on the team. I think he should be on the team. That's it. Michael, not sure why Gio was throwing a slider in the zone there though. Uh, Brad Thompson fully called that happening yeah man they were they were on him they were on his slider um and the, the two strike thing is an absolute riot isn't it the Cardinals giving up just crazy damage I think Katie Wu had the tweet of the 17th or whatever it was home run allowed with two strikes on a batter this year two strikes you don't need to feed them a cookie feed them some vegetables and make them make them chase. It's ridiculous, man. The two strike thing is an absolute like I can't tell you how many times in the press box we go, "Oh, another two strike. Another two strike." It's it's uncanny that it continues to happen the way that it has. But you're right, Michael. I don't you can't you you can't give too much of the zone to a hitter at that point with a slider that they're sitting on. You can't. But I don't want to I, I mean, you're going to bag on Gio cuz it cost him the game, but he's had such a good start that it's a shame that it went like this tonight. Is Contreras a terrible game caller? I don't know. I don't know. He's not as good as Yachty because few are, but I don't think he's a terrible game caller. No, I don't think that he is. Um, but I can't tell you he's great. I can't sit here and tell you he's excellent at it because I don't know. Um, but we're we're gonna see you know a continuation pile up of what this team's ERA is at the end of the year, and he's you know he's a big part of that as as a guy calling games. And they did start Kisner off of an off day. I think they like like is Kisner better than Contreras at that? I'm not going to say that's impossible either. Um but I know Contreras works at it too. So I it's not I don't have a smoking gun to give you on that one, but it's something to you know watch those things. Like you guys are smart fans to be able to if you want to hone in on something uh Connor, I think that's worthwhile to watch and see, all right? What are what's being called and what's, you know, what's kind of the way they want to approach these different hitters? Um, again, it's something that you hope would get better. If that is a struggle right now, you'd hope it would get better with time as, as Contreras continues to, to get comfortable with these pitchers. But, uh, you know, we're a month in now. That being said, Michael almost had the quality start, five and two-thirds, three runs. Wasn't great. Wasn't terrible. He was fine. Uh, Allison says he always pitches well but never seems to end well for the team at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, his his ERA would say he doesn't always pitch well because I, what's ERA now? It's still probably, I don't know, but five? Yep, five, seven, nine. Gave up eight hits, he said. He said he almost lost his shit. That was, and I'm saying the phrase because he had all these reporters around him. He said, "Pardon my French, but I almost lost my shit when I gave up those runs in the third inning on some soft contact, and the ball hit off of third base. I thought Nolan made a great effort to try and make a play there, but there's nothing he could do. Um, but Michaelis was upset about some some run scoring off a of soft contact. Here's the reality, though. You know, he gives up hard contact too. And so he does often cite soft contact when it's like, you did give up eight hits. And Shohei had uh, 107 off the bat, 108.8 off the bat. Uh, There's nothing soft about that, right? So it's kind of a little bit of, I can see both sides of it. Um, But he is a pitch-to-contact guy, and so is it too much of a surprise? Like, he had 5Ks tonight, but I wouldn't describe Miles as a strikeout pitcher. And, like, when he was pitching over in Japan, right, he made his hay – able to to recognize how to pitch to soft contact effectively. So, like, when you end up in a situation where you're giving up runs because of what you perceive to be soft contact, you're disappointed. I get it. But he also, I mean, he gave up some hard contact tonight, too. Uh, eight total hits. But he pitched fine. It's not the reason the Cardinals lost the game. Um, it is what it is. Ryan says he missed the presser. Doesn't really care what he said. Uh, team needs the Memphis train moving tomorrow and uh, not in media speech at this point. I think they just need wins, however they can come by them. And that's what's crazy. Like, guys, if Gio goes one, two, three in the ninth, we are talking about a Cardinals team that was resilient, that maybe just had its flashpoint moment that I had asked the manager about last night. Uh, and, and to me, it would have been a Dylan Carlson home run from the left freaking side against Shohei Otani. That would have been the flashpoint, the season-defining moment, the, the one that could change it all for the better, his first home run of the year. I had to double check. I'm like, he hasn't hit a home run. Dylan. My guy. But at the same time, he hasn't played. Hashtag everyday Dylan. Let him play. Righty lefty. Don't care. Get him in there. Give the guy some confidence. Find somebody that can carry you. Maybe it can be him. Um, but yeah, I get what you're saying that you need you don't need a media speech. They just need to to win. They need to find wins. Any way they can. Uh, the homers given up are all meatballs. <laughs> Not his fault. Um, yeah, I think that's true of uh, Michaelis. It's true of uh, of, uh, of 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 as well. Uh, love that you're all here. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you could. Give me a like. We're so close to seventy. I know we're at a nice number right now, but I want to keep it. I want to keep it rolling. I, I I don't think we could get to a hundred, but that would be pretty sick if we did, because that's never happened. Uh, Bird call says bring Libertor up, Woodford down, mats to the pin. DFA modder bring up Yapes. Kind of a lot of the things we've been saying, right, the last week. I don't I don't fundamentally disagree with any of that. Um, Woodford could go to the bullpen, though. I think that might be fine, but it's just a, it'll be a numbers game. Like, Palante should come back soon, too, so I don't really know what the move for that is. Uh, I misspoke over the, the last few days when I said, hey, the moves I would make ahead of this homestand, get Palante back was one of them. I don't think he was eligible. The 15 days wasn't up yet, and it's coming up now, and so I think that's something that we may see soon. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but the, I I was wrong when I said hey they should have brought Polante up they technically that wasn't allowable um, unless there's an injury the, the pitchers that are sent out gotta gotta wait 15 days uh, before they're able to, to return so that was that was part of that as well labor says uh, offense having to score six or more almost every game is not good yeah I agree it takes a, it takes it takes all right it takes a, a pitching staff that can can get the job done for you in addition to the offense and the problem for the Cardinals among many, has been that right now those things are not colliding in a very fortuitous way on the same night. If they get the good pitching, they're not getting the good hitting, and oftentimes vice versa. Tonight, they got a little bit of both. They did what they needed to do against Otani. The starting pitching did what it needed to do to keep him in it. They got the lead from a clutch swing by Dylan. They had a good bullpen thing going until the end, but then by the time you lose it in the ninth, you go, well, crap. What happened in innings 6, 7, and 8 that we weren't able to, to mount a rally offensively? That's where it gets a little bit tricky because the Cardinals could have done more, but it kind of went unnoticed because they were leading 4-3 the entire time. You weren't really thinking about it. Blaming the manager is a tired argument, but then Jamerica says fire Brendan Schaefer. I agree. That guy Brendan Schaefer with an A-N in his first name sucks. And actually the last name he spelled wrong too, but that's fine. His bullpen management was basically perfect. That's Joey. Be mad at Gio for throwing meatballs, not at Ollie for bringing in the statistically best bullpen pitcher this season. Correct. Uh, Jack says, Brendan, what does firing Ollie do? How many front offices get to fire three managers in 12 years to keep their jobs? Yup. Like, I, I agree with that. Um, the the distinct thing, though, with Mosellock that's kind of unique, and, uh, you know, people may not love to hear this, he has a lot of equity built up in this organization, he will name the day that he's no longer in charge, or at least he'll have a hand in that as a collaborative effort. He doesn't get fired. I could be wrong about that, and I'll say I I saw it wrong, guys. I had a I had the wrong read on it. I'm sorry, I led you astray to believe that he couldn't be fired. But that is the way I the the way I view it because of the relationship with Dewitt. It's so strong that when he leaves, which that day will come within the next three years. Um, again, like this is this is. I'm not going to say it's fact, but it's it's public knowledge that in 2025, his contract ends. If you watch the press conference from Jupiter when the when he signed it, it didn't sound like a guy that was signing another one. And if he does, it's not to be the Pobo. It's not the president of the baseball operations anymore. It's going to be a different reduced role. So that's that change is coming anyway. And so that's what gets really tricky about this too. Does a season like this potentially expedite Moe's exodus uh, from the current role? I can't say that it doesn't, for sure. It very well may. And it could happen sooner than later. It could happen midseason. I don't think that happens, but like there does have to come a point where, you know, they they make some different decisions. But he's part of that process of deciding, hey, I am recognizing that maybe it's time to usher in something different. Like if if they become a non-playoff team and like they they're eliminated or it's clear they're not going to make it, I could see a world where they make some some changes to the the structure of the front office and they do it. Maybe before they anticipated needing to, but I, like I said, I don't think it's a get the pitch for, get the pitchfork out and fire Mo and DeWitt's going to lay the hammer down. Like I, I don't think that's coming. So if that's what you're hoping to see, I think you're going to be waiting a while. Um, but I get the the fact this and like my co-host Andy on the Big Show uh, on on KTGR made this point when they made the move to fire Schilt. Uh if it comes a point where they want to fire this next manager. That's the guy the front office hand picked. It's not Ollie Marvel's fault. It's John Moselock's fault if they get this wrong. And I get that sentiment. Um, and what's so weird about it is I agree with the sentiment, but I also don't think they should fire the manager, even though they're 10 and 21. And people hear that and they go, my gosh, this guy. He's the biggest homer. Um, but, like, I don't know That's I'm i like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. I can't articulate and I'm trying. That's why we spend an hour and a half a night on this to articulate why I feel the way I feel. But it was kind of to Rob's question earlier and I'm going to get to Rob's next comment. I haven't read it, but I see he's made one. Um, I don't have the ABCs of here's what Ollie needs to improve upon as a manager. I don't have that at the tip of my fingertips where I go, this is the problem because I felt like last year, pretty good manager. I felt like in the playoffs, even though they lost, pulled the right strings tactically. And I thought tonight he did the same thing. And that's why it's so difficult because you want a pound of flesh and you are entitled to one, honestly. Uh, Now that we've broken through 69, can we get, now we're at 70, can you keep liking the stream again? I think nobody wanted to break it, and somebody did. So now can we just keep climbing to 80? Thank you. Um, But that's what makes it difficult for me because I don't know how to articulate the thing that you all want me to say, which is that Ollie needs to be fired in his bed because I don't feel that way. Um, and like, again, think like really try to break this down to his core parts. If tonight Gio goes one, two, three, Ollie doesn't need to be fired because they won. Right. And now, now maybe they turn it around and win a series tomorrow. It's those are the margins. We've talked all year about thin margins and the Cardinals have them. And there's no better example of that than tonight. uh, Rob says the honest truth is that nothing Ollie says at the podium is going to do anything to change the direction of this team. This team is in free fall. True. Yes. The media stuff doesn't matter. We can talk about it, but it doesn't have an impact. There's 26 guys in there that aren't watching it on TV. A couple of them might see it on Twitter. I know several of them won't. I promise you, Paul Goldschmidt would have no idea unless he was told that, hey, here's what Ollie said. He'd go, okay. I mean, well, maybe he would know, but he wouldn't know because of Twitter. Right? So, they're in freefall, fall and it doesn't matter what he says at the podium. But what I do think matters about it is that what he says at the podium gives a little bit of an insight, just a sliver, into what he might be saying, thinking, and feeling behind the scenes. And otherwise, we don't get we don't get access to that. And so that's why the podium stuff matters, because tonight you go, well, thank you, finally I see it, because before it wasn't there. And so now that you see it, you can go, all right, I can at least have a little bit of confidence instilled that behind the scenes he's not just twiddling his thumbs at his desk. Because I think that's what a lot of Cardinals fans – kind of felt like he was doing um, based on the answers he had been giving in the pressers and maybe tonight was different. That was that was kind of the one area that I would say might be irrelevant. When are the Cardinals making a trade? I don't know. On the uh, KMOX post game, Matt Pauly mentioned that the uh, Brewers a couple of years ago traded for Willie Adamas in late May. It was May 21st, uh, and even that was early. That's earlier than you typically see a, a, a big-time swing made. So, And John Moselleck, it's not his strength. I'm just going to tell you, I – would be surprised to see a trade in May. I'd almost be as surprised uh, to see a trade in June, especially if the Cardinals are 10 games out of it and they're not you know, a factor. They're not going to try to make moves at that point. Um, what do you do? John Moseo has never been the guy to make moves out of desperation. They make moves when they absolutely have to, but it's usually because they're on the brink of being able to be competitive. Right now, they aren't looking that way. And so are you going to you going to add to this team? No, they, they have to win games uh, to get into that spot. Labor says he should have acknowledged their frustration and agreed with it. He did. I don't, I don't think he disagreed with the fans. He literally said the accountability is something we welcome. We, we, that's why we – he literally said, Labor, that's why we get up in the morning is to try to win for this city and for this fan base, and it drives me. Well, go listen again, man, if you don't think he agreed with the fans' right to be frustrated because he did. That's the thing. That's what I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, that people aren't hearing what's actually being said. It's like you hear what you want to hear instead of what's actually being said or taking place. I'm not trying to single any one of one of y'all out, but I feel like that is a a very uh, common experience among sports fans in general. That it's like you're saying, here's what I want to hear. That's what he said. That's what he said. So I get a little bit frustrated. Joey says, Ollie leaves in Helsley three blown saves already in the ninth and he blows it. And fans are going to say, why not Gio? He's our best guy. I'm glad that Joey can can see the light because that is indeed what would have happened. Uh, Spencer says, what's up, Spencer? My favorite part before Gio uh, gave up the homer to Trout, the announcer said, Gallegos is a great slider, but don't think he should <laughs> throw it to Trout. Not three seconds later, it was gone. Yep, they were sitting slider, and Gio said after the game through a translator uh, that that was, they, they you know, they seemed to attack that pitch for him. Um, he said, they know I have a good one, and so they're sitting on it, but, that you know, he didn't throw it good tonight. Clearly Uh, the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing day after day and expecting different results. Team needs change in some shape or form. I don't disagree with that at all. I don't know how they make change other than the roster. And so that's why we're beating on poor Taylor Motter because that's an obvious roster move you can make. And they just, for whatever reason, have refused to make it. I don't know if it's a protest by Mo. I don't know what the hell it is. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, the grave of Einstein. I'm not a fire ollie guy, but to play devil's advocate, the clubhouse needs a major shakeup. Yeah, and sometimes a hockey team will fire their uh, head coach just because the the data says that a team usually kind of takes a takes a leap after they do, after a team does that. So that's the one card you have to play. But I would also turn around and say, if Moe's firing a third manager, there better be a, an explanation. But at the same time, he could say, well, we're 10 and 21, that's why. But Like, I could have come away from tonight thinking that, Ollie, I'm never going to see him again. Like, I I could have come away from it that night thinking that, but I didn't because of the way he handled the presser. And, like, Matheny didn't do it that way ever in, in my experience. So that's why I said, well, I at least saw what I needed to see today. It doesn't matter, but you look at the nuances when you do this and you see it up close, and I saw the nuance that I thought I needed to see. You saw a guy in command I thought of, Owning what's going on, um, and he's upset about it. But again, these are going to be negative questions. They've lost a lot of games. They were eight and eleven, and it was bad. Now they're what ten and twenty-one. That's that's terrible. That's a bad slide. And so the questions and the answers are all going to to, to lean negative. It's just the nature of it. Toughest lost. Okay, this is from Fly Navy Seventy Three. Worst loss, not even close. I'm more encouraged after the nice performance than I've been since week one. Tomorrow may be another story. We shall see. Fly Navy, I think you make a good point. I just don't know how many people agree with it, and so I didn't want to go too far on like the rah-rah of like the positives you can take from tonight, but there are if you want there to be. Um, and I talked about the offense a little bit earlier when I said the swings we saw, the intent behind them, that was a change. And tomorrow they face a, a pitcher, I don't know who it is, but it's not a guy who's going to strike out 13. Like, they faced the best pitcher in the world tonight, and they did some damage. If they act like they did tonight, tomorrow, they might strike out 10 times by the starter, whoever it is, and I haven't looked. But they're probably going to find a way to do more damage. Keep the intent. The offense, what y'all did tonight, keep that intent, would be my advice in terms of swing swing like you mean it instead of, oh, I don't really know. I'm caught in between. Oh, half swing, check swing. Garbage. Do it or don't. Do it or don't. That's where they need to be. And uh, it's hard to do when you're caught in between. But tonight, I feel like they just said, hey, we're going to strike out some, but we're going to we're going to hit some bombs too. And they found a way as a team to do it. Um, Jacob is firmly on the fire Ollie train, but doesn't blame his moves tonight. It's more that they find a way to lose, a new way to lose every night. Yep, that's fair. I get that. I get the sentiment there. Uh, Justin, I agree with Ollie 100%. Michael, Jake freaking Lamb hitting a bomb too. I mean, come on. Yeah, you had Blake Sable last week and Jake Lamb. It's not... It's not the Mount Rushmore, is it? Um, Mike Trout, though, he's pretty good. Uh, Ryan, the more I think about it, the more I realize too much is made of the pressers, and I keep saying that. I, don't don't accuse me of being the guy because I'm saying we shouldn't be looking into it as much as we do. But because I'm at them, I feel like it's it's something that I am going to naturally talk about because I'll be able to give some insight that people may not otherwise get to hear. So that, but I agree with you, Ryan. It doesn't matter as much as what what they do on the field and in the clubhouse. We just don't get to see that. Uh, Connor wants people to stop saying fire the manager every time a team does poorly. I agree. There are times where it's warranted, and then there are times where I don't think it's warranted. Um, if they lose the next 10 games, he's not going to still be the manager, though. Like, you can't lose. You can't go to 10 and 30 and go, well, there's no problem here. Like, they'll have to do something. I don't. I hope it doesn't come to that because I think he's a good manager. Um, but the results in this business do matter. Jack says every decision isn't isn't every decision data-driven. So shouldn't we be placing the blame on Mo Gersh in the ownership? What decisions does Ollie even make? I agree, fire him, but not for the same reasons. Well, you can't just say agree, fire him. What are your reasons then? Um, yes, they're data-driven organizational philosophy. I think they're all on the same page about that. From between Mo and Ollie and the pitching, the pitching coach and the hitting coach. Um, but at the same time, like he's still pulling the, the strings on when to bring in a reliever, when to do this, when to pinch hit, and sometimes he goes with his, you know, I, I say hate to say, goes with his gut. Because a lot of times his gut is going to be instinctually the thing that they they think the data would back up. But uh, if you if you if you say he doesn't make any decisions, but you still fire him, that's weird to me. What do you mean by that? I should have worn the CD Lamb jersey tonight. Lamb started the ninth inning collapse. Uh, yeah, Jake Lamb did. Good point. Chip Carey said it sold out, but they panned two empty seats. It was pretty full tonight, though. Like it was much more full than it usually is on a Wednesday. I'll tell you that a Wednesday in May. Jacob asks a good question. Do you think the front office takes the fan base for granted? It's like, they think we're a bunch of idiots, but all offseason, we asked for a starting pitcher, a veteran lever and a veteran outfielder who was right. Um, yeah, I get that. I don't think, I don't know if they take it for granted. Um, I think, I don't know if they always love the pressure that the fans apply, but that doesn't mean y'all should keep doing it. Um, uh, because your job is to make their jobs easy. Your job is to demand excellence. And you, you guys do that. Um, But a veteran outfielder doesn't help this situation to me. A veteran outfielder adds to a crowded room. It's already crowded. A difference-making outfielder that you know plants in one of those three spots every day would have been fine. That guy didn't exist to me on the free agent market, and I don't know how they were going to trade for that guy either. Starting pitching, you could have signed him. I, the, the more I think of it, everybody that you would have signed, like if you would have spent big money, is hurt right now. Um, so that's neither here nor there, but just a point that I thought was interesting. In veteran relief, I don't think this team needs. I think they've got the bullpen that they needed, and it's moronic to spend money on relief pitching. It's super dumb. Uh, never do it is almost my, my take on that, unless you're identifying a guy for, on like a two-year, $5 million total contract that's a buy low. And doing what the Rays do with guys that they bring in, and then their studs like identify, but don't pay market don't don't pay sticker price for a reliever just because you feel like you have a need there. That's dumb. I don't think you should ever do that. And they've kind of learned their lesson from that. Uh, you know, Brett Cecil, Greg Holland, Andrew Miller was okay. He at least played his whole contract. But yep, I don't think it makes any sense to do it. Justin loves the stream. He's got to go though. I will keep it up, Justin, especially for you. Um, Ryan says, that's why I think Mo is ultimately responsible. And I, I understand that he is, it's his rubber stamp every time. Don't say, oh, they got to fire Gersh. Give me a break. I'm not trying to, to, to minimize the work that Mike Gersh does, but Mo is, this is Mo. Most is most team. So he's got to, he, he is responsible for the moves that are made or not made. Um, Michael says he should be, but does he even have a leash? Feels like he doesn't. You're right. He doesn't. He, he doesn't. Um, the leash is he'll want to retire soon. That's what the leash will be. Speculative on my end, but that's what I think is going to happen. Um, love Gersh's comments, though. Yeah, I mean, Gersh is part of the front office. Uh, it takes a team to do what they do and to try and, and, you know, identify and do everything that it takes to run a baseball team. But it's not like, like at the end of the day, yeah, Mo is the guy that that when you think of the roster and who put it together, that's that's the figurehead of the organization from a baseball ops perspective. So that's that's who you look at. Ryan says that all he needs is less arrogance. He's a young guy. Arrogance in the clubhouse won't succeed. Young manager ripping players in the media doesn't work until you have a better resume. I don't think. I think people make too much of the ripping Tyler O'Neill in the media thing. Um, I do think you can look back on that and say it was misplaced because. Again, in that moment, it was all kind of weird to us that he was doing it because it's was like, I didn't think it was that glaring. Like, it was weird. Tyler should have not, that shouldn't have happened when it happened. But it was like, I, I watched the play back and was thinking, I don't know where he's dogging it. I just think he's going slow and it's just like not, it didn't look right. Um, but I've seen other times where he's dogged it more than that, obviously. And those weren't the times that it turned into a, you know, an S storm for a week. So that's a little bit strange to me. Um, but the arrogance thing, you know, people say he comes off that way. I have a touchy time with that word just because I think it can be a matter of perception. Um, I think the intent behind what he says and how he says it is effective. And I kind of appreciate the candor. Um, but I, I get it. People are going to take it how they're going to take it. Uh, Christian Tony says, I appreciate the fire tonight, but there are fans much older than him. That includes me. We have, we have more frustration than he does. And that needs to be understood. Um, I don't know if you have more frustration because again, he's worked in the organization for 17 years. Like it's his job. Um, so he, you don't necessarily have more frustration than him. He lives it. And he's got to wear the weight of the decisions that you guys are going to say he either screwed up or did bad or whatever. So Fans are too defensive. You think Ollie's too defensive. I think fans are too defensive. Is maybe what I'm coming to, because you don't. You're gonna nitpick everything he says, which is is fine. But when he makes a comment that you don't like, now I am turned against him, and so I am going to look for every opportunity to say I hate the guy. If they win twenty in a row, don't you love him? Then like I just think it's. I think it's very uh kind of blow with the wind the way fans are going to feel about a manager and that's not exclusive to cardinals fans but i get what you're saying there christy uh because he's a younger manager it's going to come off a certain way like you haven't put in the level of you know time on this earth that i have to know what what i feel about this uh and that maybe is fair and something that's hard for me to answer to and i got to check myself as a 28 29 year old to be that I ain't seen it all either. And so I feel you on that. I'm going to respect that that answer because I think it's fair. Uh, one second. It would have been good content if he said the Cardinals fans are terrible. It would have been. I would have had a lot of fun with that. And he probably would have gotten fired a little sooner if, if that was the commentary. Rob says, three outs to go, the closer your guy is carving up the Angels on 10 pitches. And you decide in that moment Helsley no longer the closer. We're going with Gio's numbers. No, I think it's, I really think the up-downs is really what made this what it is, Rob. Um, like I said, Helsley's done it before. They've been very careful with him. And I think if you think about it, it would have been the third time up-down. Um, talk about starting an inning, sitting, coming back for another inning, sitting on the bench, doing it a third time. If it gets to Trout and Otani in that ninth, it's going to happen at the moment when when Helsley is at his weakest because he's 25 to 30 pitches into it at that point. But that's if it goes wrong. And you can turn around and say, I don't think it would have. And you might have been right. We'll never get to know. Um, I don't like to deal in absolutes when it comes to these things. Um, but I I understand that when you look at what he had done, you can adjust your game plan to say, he's so efficient right now. He's pumping strikes. Be ready with somebody. But I think maybe they're reluctant to want to do it that way. Like reluctant to want to have Geo waiting in the wings because... If you get to that part, now if you get to Otani, like, are you going to throw a lefty against Otani? Are you going to throw Cabrera? Or are you going to bring in Geo, a righty, to face Otani? Because that would have been the spot that it would have gotten to if anybody gets on um, in that ninth against Helsley, theoretically. So, like, I think it's just a matter of the game plan is what it was. And at Helsley thrown 15 pitches over the four outs that he got, or what was it, five outs that he got? I think he got one out in the seventh, but I I might just be off on that. It doesn't really matter. If he would have thrown 15 pitches instead of 10, I think it's a different conversation. But because he was so damn economical and efficient that it becomes kind of a rallying cry. Um, But I get it. I really do. And I think I I was uncomfortable with it in the press box as as I'm looking at it and going, yeah, I know that this is going to be a topic after it failed, I'm saying. Not before it failed. I'm like, yeah, with how economical he was, I know it's going to be a topic, but I don't know. I don't have the right answer. Like, I, it's easy to say, no matter what happens, if the Cardinals lose, I'm mad at the manager. That's an easy place to be as a fan. And you you win every time. You never lose because you never have to answer to anything. But, like, if you really want to sit back and try to sit in it and go, wow, that's tough. Put yourself in those shoes and go, man, that's tough. You might have made the Helsley decision. Um, a lot of people might have done it that way. The manager also gets to kind of feel the day-to-day, the personality of a guy. And Helsley has been a guy that obviously, you know, they've wanted to see more out of in terms of being able to pitch and be available more often. But they also respect that they need to have him healthy. And so that was a whole storyline last year of they were pretty careful with him. Maybe they, they swayed too much in the wrong direction of trying to keep him healthy and fresh. But, like, then come to come to realize the reason they did it all year was so that they could have him in October, and then he hurt his frickin' finger, and that's why they lose the season. Like, that was a fluky thing that happened, and people still don't understand how fluky that was. Um, but, like, the game plan a lot of times had worked out, and then you you get carved up by a fluke. In this case, I, I could see it going either way, and I don't think people who, if you were in the moment going, why is Geo out there? Helsley looked great, and they need this win. I, I can get that, um, and if he had it to do over again, I hope he I would hope he'd make a different decision because he knows how this one panned out, but you don't get that luxury, right? In retrospect, you can always say, well, this could have happened, but it's hard to do before the screw-up takes place. Like It didn't feel like a game that was about to get out of hand from Geo. He'd been great. It felt like it was going to just be fine. I think he even got that first out before the homer. It's just like, I could be wrong about that part, too, but it doesn't matter. I get what you're saying. That's the flashpoint of the game. It's where the game is lost obviously. I didn't see Gio being that bad tonight. I mean, neither did neither did Ollie, obviously. I I hear you though. How are the players showing that they're frustrated? They don't show an ounce of grit or heart. Gio didn't show anything tonight. Um, I don't know what to make of that one, Jack. Like they're showing the passion when something goes well, like uh Wilson on second base trying to claw their way back into the game basically seething and foaming at the mouth? Isn't that enough to show you that, you know, it matters? Do you want them to get pissed off and and punch a wall and break their hand and be on the IL? Like, what do you want? I think sometimes you just want the pound of flesh. You want the reaction that that, that makes a show. Miles said, I could go and break some furniture and flip over a table between innings. Uh, I could do that, but it's not going to do me any good on the mound. Like, they're focused on trying to make the next play is I think what it boils down to and then they get in the clubhouse and we don't see what that initial frustration looks like because we're not in there. So it's it's I think it's valuable to think think about and acknowledge the things that we don't get to see up close um and just don't assume that they don't happen. So and and again I feel like the words that we saw from Ollie tonight he's seething and foaming at the mouth as well and you guys say it's because he's arrogant I say it's because He's doing the exact thing that y'all would describe as wanting to see some fight, some, some anger about the way things are going. It's fair to have the opinion. Um, but I don't think that this is a team not showing heart, man. I think it's a team that's losing. And so you don't like anything they're doing because they're not winning. Um, Gio, as far as not showing anything, I think he looks shell-shocked because we all, everybody that saw it was, unless you're an angels fan, then you were pretty cool about it. Um, Greg, I would settle for anything that resembles some kind of a move to demonstrate they want to win. Yeah, and I think that's what Mo should be doing. Constant churn. You've got to make moves. Um, I would start with the, the bench and get the guy that doesn't play off of it and put a bat out there that could be useful to the manager. Um, that would be the first thing I would do. Uh, Trevor says that Gio has been nails. Check his numbers. Uh, his numbers have been great, but Rob would argue he's not the closer. Um, but the closer doesn't always pitch the ninth. You know this at this point, modern baseball. The closer pitched in the seventh. Now, again, he only needed 10 pitches to get through the eighth, and so that is a reason that you figure he could have thrown the ninth as well, which I understand. Uh, Chris bet on the Angels, so he got he got the happy outcome. But, man, I would have paid that 20 bucks to avoid tonight's outcome just crushing. Yeah, man, that's tough, but at least you won. Ollie just comes across as defensive about the wrong things. Fans want to hear that he's going to try something else. Stop doing the exact same thing that clearly isn't working. But if he admits that he's going to do something else, what is the something else? Because he's not. what he's not saying is, like when I say I'm Ollie Marmel and I say I'm going to stick to the process, we as a team are going to stick to our process. What he's not saying is we're going to do the same lineup every day. We're never going to make a pitching move. We're never going to move Matt's from the rotation. By process, it's two different things that are getting caught up. They don't want to keep losing games. They don't want that to stay the same. Offensively, they're tweaking to try and do things better every day. So I think people get too caught up in the buzzword of we're going to do the same thing. The process means like trusting in the team to have the talent in that room to continue to do what they do best and try to get out of this. It doesn't mean we're stubborn and we're going to refuse to do anything different. Like the process thing has sort of become a buzzword to me where I don't know what legitimately you want to to change in terms of specificity to that, but I also understand that you want wins. And so anything that brings wins is what you want. And I we're on the same page about that. But I appreciate the uh the question there, JK. Not saying that I'm just kidding about the quest appreciating the question. I do. That's just the the name is J.K.H.J.K. JK. H-J-K. So. Christy says, master the pen, libertor Sunday. That's what I would do, but I don't it doesn't sound like they're doing it. Uh Jack says show some heart. There's there's zero starts at the beginning of the season, for example. Oh, son of a A whole new, like, 100 comments just showed up. I thought I was at the end. A lot of people saying so to Gucci. I can't believe this. I thought I was at the end of the comments, and I'm not. Uh, Ollie says, I just have to go with what I've got right now. Ollie says, they've been tested all year and will continue to be tested. Well, you flunked each each test. Yeah. Uh, Rob says, not to mention the second inning with a runner on third, no outs, three straight case. Yep. I don't agree with the old-timers that would say bunt in that spot, but, I mean, put the ball in play, do something, hit a grounder, hit a fly ball somewhere, that was bad. To get Burleson to third on the—they didn't get a hit in the inning, by the way, though. It was an error, right, and then two wild pitches. So it's not like they had earned anything. But if you were given that opportunity, you got to take advantage of it, Rob. I agree with that. Ollie a uh, terrible call on O'Neill. I don't recall the call. Nico, how much longer do you believe Moe's job is secure? Even with the new extension, everything Moe and DeWitts do is disgustingly detached from what needs to happen. His job is secured as long as he wants it to be, and he could get some pressure from DeWitt at some point to kind of have an early exodus on that contract, but he doesn't get fired. I, I'll, I, I That's my opinion, all right? They don't have the pitching to string together a great stretch uh, that they need to get back into the season. That's Connor. They might not, man. They might not, but I think they don't have the offense. I'm telling you. It's the offense that's going to hold them back, not the pitching. To me, it's bad that they gave it up in the bullpen tonight, but I don't think that's going to be the norm. Uh, Captain Crunch says, listen, this is uh not the boys of eleven. We're above average at best. We're complacent. Get rid of the losers, acquire or find actual stars like we used to. Like Arnado, Goldsmith, Contreras. I mean, they've got those some of those guys. Um, they're going full pumpkin with runners in scoring position. They've been doing it all season. It's an even bigger problem than the pitching. Yep. That's what I'm saying. This team was not built to win 2-0. I agree. Corey misses Schilt. Uh, so there you have that. Uh, Christy says, sorry, but not going to get to comments being long-winded. Call him out. Hold him accountable. I get it, but I, you know, I'm a, I gotta do what I can here. Um I'm sorry <laughs> about. I you know I try to read every comment that I can but I am long-winded I talk for a living so that's that's what it is. Uh Jeff better take 5 of 6 from the Cubs in Detroit because a 10 game stretch of Boston, Milwaukee, Dodgers could be a disaster. 20 games under could be staring him in the face. Yeah, you nailed that Jeff. Who are the vocal leaders of this team? No clue. That's the audio effect right there. I think I think it's Arriñato. Um and I think he can do that the more he performs. When he's not performing it's hard to do that. It's hard to be that kind of vocal leader because nobody's going to buy it. But I think tonight was a good step in that direction. Uh, Connor wants to extend Gorman. Um, Bring up Walker and test him out. I mean, what do we have to lose? But then he says, Josh says, fire Ollie. You can't, he's not the one that chose to send Gorman down. That's a, that's a Mo thing. If hell, uh, yeah, I think I really, here's what I'll do. I'm going to go to live chat. Can we do that? Get to the uh, the end of it and see if I can come up with some comments here. We're over an hour and a half. You guys have been great. Um, let's get to the point. And if, if there's a different way you want me to handle these chats, I will. But there's so much to get through. I promise you, I do the best I can, but it ain't easy. Uh, Otani is literally a top five pitcher in the league. Yeah. Um, we're talking Elise Garcia, I see, in there. He was DFA'd by everybody. Um, but Rosarena is off to a really good start this year. Scotty, what's up? Morning, Brennan. Didn't watch last night. Feel better for it this morning. Um obviously win later today to avoid the sweep, go cards. Yeah, we'll see if they do. It's Griffin Canning, says Hunter. What's up, Hunter? Yeah, uh, they should be able to hit him. No offense to uh to Griffin Canning. Mike says there's an F five tornado carving through. Um, that's not what you want. Rob, the second inning with the runner on third. I feel like that exact scenario plays out quite often with the team. Yeah. They don't get it done with runners in scoring position. That's a problem. Tommy says, I know you like Ollie, but what do you think about David Ross if they go for an outside hire? I think David Ross is kind of in over his head a little bit too. Um, but player manager, like that's, he's, he's got that former player vibe and like every manager is going to have that, the different background that he brings in. So I don't know if it's automatically, you know, better to be a player or to be like Ollie, where you were a minor league player, but you couldn't make it. And so you, you go into coaching early, um, but i'm david ross i think has a job um and i don't think i don't think necessarily that that would be the answer but i'm not going to really do the like speculative manager stuff at this point um you want ben johnson at the, as the manager if the cardinals cannot write themselves against the write themselves against them that could be some fire marmal stuff yeah i mean they're going to have to write the ship at this point guys there's no doubt about that um Next 60 games, Matt says we can go at 40 and 20 and be back maybe. But that's what it's going to take is the problem. The more you struggle, the longer you struggle, that's what it ends up taking is to go like a 40 and 20 to be able to get it done. Uh, Hunter wants the keys to the Cardinals on MLB The Show franchise mode. 115 wins incoming. Well, that would be great. Here's a good point by the grave of, uh, of Einstein. I almost said Eckstein. Big problem with the Cardinals starter is strikeouts. Libertor has 15 more K's than anyone else in AAA. Kind of maybe need him. I'm sure he'll get the call soon. Um, yeah, strikeouts in a world where the Cardinals can't shift defensively. You have to be able to strike guys out. That is so key, and it's something that they haven't done enough of lately. Guys, real talk. Cards have won a World Series uh, 12.01 years since 1901. Every 12 years since 1901 from Ryan. Yeah, uh, so this, you're saying on average this is going to be the year? Well, here we go. Uh, tank for Caleb Williams. I'm reading some old chat at this point, I think, but I don't think you can tank. (laughs) Grave of Einstein says I'm bored and I like to gamble. Uh, NPB is going on the ham fighters or the Cebu lions. Um, I know nothing about these teams. I should not give you gambling advice, but, uh, the ham fighters is a cooler name to me. If you're fighting ham, is the ham on your side, or are you fighting against it? I have so many questions, and I ponder it, and so that's what makes me think they'll win. Uh, Andrew Chafin, Chafin would have been an excellent addition to the pen. That's true. That would be the one guy that that was rumored that they didn't go get, um, and he's done nice with the D-backs. Uh, Tim, you're right. I've got cards on my desk. Here's the guy tonight that you're upset with. That's Gio. Um, Joey says ham fighters is an elite name. Maybe I should start at the bottom of the chat because then I'm able to always kind of adjust as necessary. Uh, Caleb with a good question. What were the clubhouse vibes like? Not strong, but not like notably different, but don't hear what I'm not saying. There aren't a lot of people in the clubhouse a lot of times after losses, which you might have your own feelings about, but like miles was in there. Guys are walking through getting dressed, getting out of there. There are some people that the media are going to want to talk to, others if they didn't play or they, you know, whatever. They're not, they're not uh necessarily relevant parties to discuss the game with. Then they just go home. And if if somebody wants to talk to a player, you say, hey, you got a minute, and they uh, more often than not say, Yeah, or I, I'm going to the training room, but I'll get you when I come back, those sorts of things. There wasn't a lot of people in there by the time an eight-minute presser with Ollie ended, if that makes sense. Like Ollie goes first and then we go in. You could skip the presser with Ollie if you want, and you'll have access to those players um, because when he comes out of his office to come do the presser is when the clubhouse opens to media. And so you could do that. And there are times, especially last year, when it was like, oh, Alberts did something, Yadi did something. Those guys tend to be quick leavers. We got to get in there or we're going to miss them. Times when you might make that decision. Um, but typically that's the order of operations. And so when I got in there, it's like, you know, it's kind of dead, but it's not, that's not unusual win or lose. I mean, when there are more people in there usually, and people aren't as quick to get out of there sometimes because you feel good. Um, but it's not like overly something to read into. Um, but miles was asked about it and you know, he, he says he's going to try to be there tomorrow, be the rah rah guy. Um, it's hard to get a read on Caleb. It's an important thing though, to kind of ask about and keep an eye on whether we can sense that this team is sort of kind of folding on the season, but I don't get that sense right now. Um, They feel like it's early May. I know that's crazy, but that's the way they look at it. Allison. uh, Yeah. I'm I'm glad to do these. I'm glad you were here. Thank you for joining. Um, Andrew. Eight to 10. I'm, I'm probably missing context there. Marmel should have stuck with Helsley. Yep. I totally get that. A lot of people feel that way. Um, it may have, it may have worked out. Oh, we're talking about Otani being eight to 10. He's been the best pitcher in baseball, arguably before today, right? Like you already in the ones he's been pretty good. Um, nine runs in the last 11 innings. I mean, yeah, after tonight, I guess, um, has had a couple of rougher starts in a row, but I feel you. I feel like I've gotten to now a lot of the comments that kind of skipped on me, but I've seen most of these that I'm making my way back through making my way back through. All right. I appreciate you guys. I'm going to scroll through, give me live chat. Give me, give me the whole thing tomorrow. Cardinals winning three to two would put Gio right back in there. That is one thing that Michael has said tonight. That was like, just so we're clear, I go right back to Gio. You know we trust him. So these guys aren't, you know, they're not turning on each other. Anything like that. Gio has been solid. Not all his fault says Tim um, ended on a positive note. Yeah. What am I looking forward to on the next series? That's a bad answer. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing some friends I haven't seen in a long time because I'll be in New Jersey, uh, not at the game. So you know what? Maybe I'm the problem. I'm the problem. It's me. If the Cardinals sweep the, tri- the Tigers, you guys are going to be telling me to stay the hell home from the next games because I haven't. I have missed maybe two games all year, um, before before what'll be my first uh, games coming up this weekend. Uh, Joey, dude, look at the stats over a season from one game. I can cherry pick a bad start from an elite pitcher against a bad team and make claims he's not good. Uh, yeah, we're arguing about Otani. He is one of the best. I mean, he's got the nastiest stuff in the game, and he's one of the best power hitters and one of the fastest players in baseball foot speed wise. Like, that's unbelievable. He's, He's a freak, man. It was cool to watch. It was cool to get to see him doing his thing tonight. Paul, I wish there was a way to get in the DeLorean and go back to back in time and never DFA Garcia or trade a Rosarena. It's a no-brainer, I'm just saying. Yeah, they would use the DeLorean to not trade for uh, Ozuna either. I mean, there would have been a lot of those. Uh, Jacob makes a good point that Adamas was a very uh, unique case that he uh, wasn't the Brewers' version of a hitter in Tampa. Yeah, I mean, Tampa's not afraid to make moves. I love their front office. I think they do a great job. And they were not afraid to make that move to send uh, uh, Willie Adamas. And I can't remember... Um who Adamas went for, but I felt like it was notable in that it kind of worked out fine for the for the Rays as well. I'm um, trying to look this up really quick. Luis Arias um had been given the job. He wasn't producing, so that wasn't him. Where was it? Uh Trevor Richards, Drew Rasmussen is still with the Rays. Uh JP Fireizen, that was another guy. Like Rasmussen, I think, is in their rotation now. So works out for both sides, honestly, in that case. And it was unique. It's unique to see a trade like that happen, but they had Luis Urias not performing, I think, so they really felt like they needed Adamas, they needed a shortstop, and they made the move. And, yeah, Joey, you're right. It was Rasmussen. If I could make only one roster move right now, what would it be? It would be to, to bring up Juan Yepes for Taylor Motter. Modder gets dfa 8 again. They he probably goes right to Memphis. Doesn't get claimed, um, or Luke and Baker. I think there's a case to be made for Luke and Baker. Eleven homers, I believe, at Memphis. Um, this is the best he's looked in his career. It may be lightning in a bottle. Why wasted at Memphis is my point. If this is the best he'll ever be, let's see him. Let's see if if he can sock a few dingers, man. Um, he's a limited sort of hitter. He, you know, probably going to struggle with off speed kind of stuff, breaking balls. But give him a whirl and see that would be what i would do uh or or yepes makes more sense because he's already on the 40 man but not that it matters because you would you would lose moder off the 40 man if you made that move so that's what i would do and i would play yepes too um and it's not to say that he wouldn't end up being great but it's worth it's worth a try so i'd make that move personally i would move mats to the bullpen i'd announce it tomorrow and i wouldn't start libertor i would bring him up and he would make that mats start next uh whenever that is sunday I would do that. They're not going to, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Joey says Baker on a tear. His issue is he can only DH and play first base, and Yepes could play the corner outfield. Doesn't matter. They have four outfielders. Like, don't get caught up in the defensive positioning. That's how you ended up with Taylor Motter, I think. Uh, it doesn't matter if he plays the, the field. It doesn't have to. He's a pinch hitter off the bench, and that has value, um, more so than than flexibility that you don't – like, if you never use it, does the flexibility matter? Like, if the tree falls in the forest, like, I don't think it actually matters. And, and Yeah, yeah, we're on the same page there. Um, and something about Adamus couldn't see in Tropicana. I, I had not heard that, but that's funny. Um, Need to buy a pack of 91 Topps Desert Storm cards. And, yes, that is actually real. You're hoping to pull a George H.W., but Osama Bin Laden rookie card would be hype. Is that real? I've seen – the reason I actually even read the comment, I don't think you were trying to be insensitive or anything – I think that's actually a real thing. Like there's pol- there's politics cards and different the tops has had a had a wild couple of few decades, I guess. Um so yeah, I I don't mostly collect anything um, and not just baseball. Actually, I can show y'all some stuff. Uh give me a second here. I would love to have my cards be a little more organized. Um here's a here's a box of optic football that I was so proud to get at Target like during the pandemic when it was like really booming and they were limiting you to two boxes. And I would go to target all the time and see if I could find any. And this was like, I think this was like the, I want to say Herbert Joe Burrow rookie year. And so this was like 30 bucks at target when I bought it or maybe even less. And it was like up to probably 150 on eBay at some point in time. I'll wait till Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow makes a hall of fame and then I can sell that, that box and people can hope to pull his card. Um, I wish I would have gotten more though. I tried. Um, but I've got some tops. I've got some, some, uh, what, let's see what I got here. We got some gypsy queen and like, this wouldn't be a thing that you would necessarily keep in wax. Um, because like the, it's not like it's a super valuable necessarily set or anything, but I just like to have, have some wax stuff. I haven't bought anything in a long time. Uh, some basketball here. This all just sits above my desk. This I overpaid for. This is a hobby box, and I definitely overpaid for. Um, but it still could be worth a little something. I need Lamella Ball to be good, though, to make that end up mattering. Um, initially, it looked like he was fighting back tears. Uh, this is on Ollie. Tommy says, Ollie cares, too. Everyone gives an S. Sometimes I said shit. Sometimes I didn't. I try not to, like, you know, there's no kids here. It's 1 a.m. Um, it's hard when the front office won't step in and help. Throw the man a life jacket. I kind of think there's some uh, legitimacy to that. And uh, Yonk says the team needs a sacrificial lamb to save the season. Philly did it last year. But can't Modder be that? (laughs) Why does it have to be Ollie? Um, Yeah, man. I hear you. Gio was really upset post-game. Very visible. No, he wanted that. Yeah, he's and he's doing his interviews in Spanish, which I totally uh, understand because you – you don't want to misconstrue something, especially when everybody's trying to be at your throat. Um, so he used a translator, an interpreter, which I think is totally correct, um, from Geo there. But uh yeah, I mean he was upset. He didn't want to be the guy to blow the game, right? Like Gio's out there doing what he can too, so it's it's tricky, man. It's not it's not a position anybody wanted to be in. Gorman can go to second, Donnie back to utility. I think Donovan struggled enough, he doesn't need to be penciled in every day. Um I think they need Donovan to get back to himself in order to be the team they want to be. But I also can understand where you're coming from that he doesn't need to play against lefties for sure. Um, but they've moved him down, like his at bats haven't looked as good and so they're they're uh fighting through it. Jeremy, thanks for the accountability. Uh it was Arsha, I guess, not Luis Arias. Um the reason I said Luis Arias, and maybe it was or it wasn't, but I was uh I just read that on a I just read that on whatever article I had pulled up there. Uh, What year was that? That was a couple of years ago. I mean, it might have been Urias, though, because he was with them in 2020, but that might have been longer ago than that. Could have been 2021. I don't know. doesn't matter. Um, They made the trade. We'll see if the Cardinals do. Tim's like, let's rip something right now. No, I can't do that. I like to have the wax, man. But I know it's not valuable. I know there's nothing like what is this set here? Um, retail exclusive flux panini. I have no idea what's in there, but I was like, I don't know. I'll just buy it. And it kind of looks cool. So I'll sit it on a shelf. My goal. I know this is like, there's dust on this stuff. You can literally see it. That's embarrassing. I'm in my basement. My goal is to get a whole studio going where like the background, you'll see the sports cards. You'll see, you know, this is, I've been doing these a month and uh, it's been great so far, but, I'm going to learn, and I'm going to do some things a little different that'll be cool that hopefully people enjoy down the road. I would love to do some sports card stuff. Uh, Fantasy football, by the way, for anybody that cares, and you maybe don't, that's going to be a thing that I'm doing in the fall too. I just haven't figured out if I need to do it on my own YouTube channel or if I just need to just kind of be like, hey, sometimes there's going to be some non cardinal stuff on this channel. Please don't hate me. We'll kind of cross that bridge when we come to it. Joey, I have too many baseball cards too, my man. Like They're everywhere. i got to organize them. Uh, But Joey's in on the fantasy stuff. Yeah, I'm going to start to maybe slowly introduce that to people just so they're not spooked when it happens. But the Cardinal stuff's not going away, so don't worry about that. Uh, All right, I think I'm going to call it here, guys. We're almost two hours into this. You guys were – I'm going to read your comment, Jeremy, as well about Edmund. Um, But you guys have been awesome. Please subscribe, too, if you haven't done so. uh, A stack of Walker slabs. Yeah, I got a Bowman first, uh, I think, Chrome from Walker, but that's all. Um, I, I was in a break in 2020 when the when all those guys were in the draft class, and, and so I think I got some Burleson and some win. Um I do those Cardinals lineup tweets, but I haven't done them recently. I need to get back to that because I, I feel like that can be a unique thing that I do. But, uh, yeah, I've got some Walker. No autos or anything like that. Um, all right, Jeremy, this will be the last question, then we'll bounce. One second, though. All right, I had to turn my volume down for that. Honest question, does Edmund go up the deadline in order to clear space for Wynn, or does Wynn go to short and Edmund back to second where I believe he's elite fielder instead of just great at shortstop? I think you need to know what the offensive performance of certain guys are at the time to make that to make that choice. You don't need to trade anybody. Injuries can happen. There can be a lot of ways, but we've we've seen with the outfield how having too many guys for the spots can also be a struggle. Uh, Tim mentions that Wynn is not hitting at all. So that's part of it too. Like if he's not performing, you don't have to make that decision yet. It is W I N N though. Mason Wynn. There's a Y in the first name, no Y in the last name, just a public service announcement. Um, so I don't think you have to worry about that yet. If he's not hitting, if, if he's not getting called up, then it's not a problem. If Edmund is hitting or isn't, then he can play every day or doesn't versus Gorman versus Donovan. Like, it's just an offensive-based situation, and right now we don't know what that'll be. So it's hard to look multiple months down the road and say they're going to need to make a trade to clear space. The Cardinals should never make a trade to clear space. They should make a trade because they think they're getting value on a trade. That's the reason that you should make a trade. Unfortunately, they didn't find the value they were looking for this offseason in the deals that they made or didn't make, and maybe they're reaping the the kind of the repercussions of that right now. But that's a conversation for another day. appreciate you guys as always. Thank you so much. Make sure to subscribe and like the stream before you get out of here. Uh, we'll be having more of these coming up, so stick with me on Spotify and YouTube as well. Subscribe to the channel. You won't miss a thing. Thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you next time on Be Safe Daily Live. We got to 80. Peace.